You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. Hi, and welcome to episode number 118 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. And in today's episode, you're going to learn about the woman who lost the ability to smell, taste, see, and hear, and still became the first person who was deafblind to be fully educated. We're going to look at some of the systems that were used in order to educate her, and in the bonus facts section, we're going to look at how these became useful in educating deafblind people in the future. Let's just get started with today's show. The woman was Laura Bridgman. Bridgman was born in 1829, and it is thought she had full use of all her senses at birth. However, at the age of two years old, she became sick with scarlet fever, which lasted several weeks before she began to get better. Once she did heal, it became apparent that she had lost her sight and hearing in the process. It was later discovered, after she was educated, that she had lost or never had a sense of smell, and she also had nearly no sense of taste. The one sense she did have was touch. Amazingly, even with only this one sense and no real language, she was still pretty handy around the house as a child. She enjoyed mimicking actions demonstrated to her through touch, so her mother used to teach her how to do certain household chores. She even learned to sew and knit. Beyond that, her only real methods of communication were a very simple form of tactile sign language. For instance, she knew if someone pushed her that she was to go away. If they pulled her, she was to follow along with the pull. When she did an action correctly, or what her family wanted, they would pat her on the head. When she did something incorrectly, they would pat her on the back. Eventually, though, Bridgman would become too much of a handful for her family, as she frequently threw violent temper tantrums and would only obey her father, who had to physically overpower her to get that obedience. At this point, it was generally thought that a deaf-blind person would be unable to be taught even the most rudimentary things beyond mimicking tasks, let alone be able to be taught to comprehend language. Although there are records of a few deaf-blind people learning basic tactile sign language and one French deaf-blind woman who was able to learn French shortly before Bridgman, however, in these instances, these individuals were not able to become fully educated for a variety of reasons. More on this in a bit. Luckily for Bridgman, though, there was a school for the blind, which had been founded the same year as her birth, in 1829, and which opened in 1832, Perkins School for the Blind. By 1837, many blind people had been successfully educated, and one of the instructors there, Dr. Samuel Gridley Howe, learned of Laura Bridgman's condition through an account written by the head of the medical department at Dartmouth College, Dr. Mussey. Once Howe learned of Bridgman, he wanted to try and see if he could find a way to teach a deafblind person language, which would, hopefully, be the vehicle to educating her. Laura, now eight years old, was sent to Perkins and began her education. Howe and his assistant, Lydia Hal Drew, first started by devising a way to teach her names of objects in English by giving her objects with their names attached to them in the form of labels with raised letters. Eventually, Laura was able to match labels to objects when the labels were detached. However, at this point, she still had no concept of what she was doing and was only imitating based on memorization, rather than really understanding what the labels meant. Now that she at least associated certain words with objects, even if she didn't understand the significance, Howe took the exercise further by cutting up the labels and teaching her to rearrange them into the words that she associated with objects. It was during these exercises that Bridgman finally grasped that objects have names and the labels were indicating the names. This was first indicated by the fact that she suddenly, independently, wanted to know what the names of objects around her were. 
Shortly thereafter, she began to fully grasp the concept of an alphabet, and from there, they were able to teach her to use the alphabet and words in communicating. Once that was accomplished, the rest of her education was relatively straightforward. Her brain now had an engine to drive conscious thought, including essential abstract thought. She proceeded to attend classes like any other student at Perkins, though with various teachers with her at all times fingerspelling everything to her. During her education, she learned mathematics, astronomy, writing, geometry, philosophy, history, biology, etc. Thanks to Howe being able to successfully reach Bridgman and the fact that he'd been able to do it while she was still fairly young, which allowed her to be able to think abstractly once she had a language for her brain to use, there was now an established method for reaching deafblind people. Further, it was now proven that the deafblind are capable of learning just as well as anyone, assuming they were reached at a young enough age, which was contrary to what most thought at the time. Howe also published an account of Bridgman's education, which drew the interest of Charles Dickens, who came to meet her when she was twelve, in 1842. Dickens then wrote an account of Laura Bridgman in his work, American Notes. In 1886, three years before Bridgman's death at the age of 59, this account in Dickens's work resulted in Helen Keller's parents learning that a deaf-blind person could be educated. It was also through Howe's methods for teaching Bridgman that Keller was taught. And now for today's bonus facts. The doll Anne Sullivan, the teacher of Helen Keller, gave Keller upon their first meeting was made by Laura Bridgman and had been a gift from Bridgman to Sullivan. Bonus fact two. Bridgman was first able to write her own name in a legible fashion on the 24th of July, 1839, about two years after her education began at the age of 10 years old. Her progression in mathematics was astoundingly fast in comparison to her education in language. It took her just 19 days from her first math lesson to learn to add columns of figures from 0 to 30. Bonus fact 3. At the age of 20, Bridgman's education was complete and she returned home. However, because of neglect by her family, who didn't have the time to properly look after her, she developed health problems and it was decided she should return to Perkins permanently. Her former teacher, Howe, and a friend of hers, Dorothy Dix, set about raising funds to support Bridgman at the school. While there, she taught needlework and helped around the school with domestic chores. She also made money for herself by using her modest fame to help sell various needlework pieces she did. Her primary use for the money tended to be in buying gifts for people she knew and donating to various charities. Bonus Fact 4 Howe's teaching method was inspired by meeting Julia Brace, who was a deaf-blind person that had been taught basic tactile sign language. Unlike Bridgman, Brace's education at Perkins was largely a failure, despite her being taught by Howe with the same methods it successfully used with Bridgman, due to Brace being 34 years old when she was first taught language. Brace made almost no progress due to her inability to grasp any concept that was abstract, and a mere one year later, she left the school. As a child, because she hadn't lost her sight and hearing until the age of five, she was able to develop a tactile sign language with her family thanks to once being able to talk. Despite having no capacity for abstract thought, Brace did have an incredible memory for tangible information and even managed to function as a nurse. Bonus Fact 5 So why exactly did Brace being older matter? Recent research has shown that language is integral in such brain functions as memory, abstract thinking, and, fascinatingly, self-awareness. Language has been shown to literally be the device driver, so to speak, that drives much of the brain's core hardware. Thus, deaf people who aren't taught some form of complex language at a young age will be significantly handicapped mentally until they learn a structured language, even though there is nothing actually wrong with their brains. The problem is even more severe than it may appear at first because of how important language is to the early stages of development of the brain. 
Those completely deaf people who are taught no sign language until later life will often have learning problems that stick with them throughout their lives, such as trouble with abstract thought, even after they have eventually learned a particular sign language. It is because of how integral language is to how our brains develop and function that deaf people, let alone deaf-blind people, were once thought of as mentally handicapped and unteachable. Of course, if they are simply taught some form of complex language early on, such as sign language, there is no handicap. The brain simply needs a language to use. Bonus Fact 6 Other famous deaf-blind people include Hans and Tanny, who, by the time he reached adulthood, was fully deaf and blind, though he overcame this and continued to function as a teacher. Robert Smith Das, who became the first deaf-blind person to receive a master's degree specializing in vocational guidance and rehabilitation of the handicapped, and for a time worked with Helen Keller, and Heinrich Lanzemann, who was an Austrian poet and philosopher who developed a form of tactile signing that is now named after him. Bonus Fact 7 Robert Smith Das is still alive today, only retiring in 2008 at the age of 83 years old. Interestingly, his wife Michelle is also deaf-blind. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily Podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com. Hi everyone, you can help keep the Daily Knowledge Podcast completely free by downloading and completing a short anonymous survey. It will take you less than five minutes. Your answers will help us to match our show to advertisers that best fit the sensibilities of our podcast's listeners, just like you. Listeners who complete the survey will be entered into an ongoing monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. We promise not to sell or share your email address, and we won't even send you any email unless you win. Please go to www.podsurvey.com knowledge. That's www.podsurvey.com knowledge to take our survey and get the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Thanks a lot.